Are you registered for Culture Proof Conference 2024? Well, you need to get registered today. We are super excited about our first ever conference that's coming to Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes, July 18th through the 20th. And we're open, wide open. So go to cultureproof.net right now and register. Yeah, that's right. And I say the first ever conference. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. But everything that you love about the types of conferences that the Addisons produce all remains intact. Some of our speakers this year include the incredible Dr. Kathy Cook. Abraham Hamilton III. Dr. Renton Rathbun. Dr. Lee Brand. And Israel Wayne. And not to mention our extraordinary Culture Proof Kids and Teens tracks facilitated by Maria Hamilton. The third. And Mark and Amy (laughs) Warren. You're going to want to make sure you register. When registration fills up for those tracks, the kids tracks, we close them down because we want our classrooms to be functional and we want our kids to get the most out of those classrooms. All right, question. Mm-hmm. Is functional a word? No, probably not. So fu- functional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. I just want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, don't let her do it. Oh, Lord. Um, when you don't have a red line in your brain, you're just going to leave it. Okay. We want to see you in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. Go to cultureproof.net. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are um, discussing the Senate hearing. Um, last week, mm. all of the major tech companies were grilled before the Senate committee um, with regard to the health and the safety of children as they engage on social media. And what really struck me about this was that several of the senators grilled these executives, um, Facebook, um, Discord, TikTok, TikTok, X, Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, they were all there. Yeah. And uh, the gang was all there. And <laughs> um, but one of the things that really struck me about this hearing as I was watching snippets of it is that there was this constant refrain of like, we need laws in place to protect children. Mm. Uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee actually said, you know, to Mark Zuckerberg, will you come to the table? Will you sit down with us? You guys have lobbyists who have blocked our laws. You've mm-hmm. blocked 
blocked mm-hmm. our efforts. And one of the things that I just could not get out of my mind was the fact that good laws will not make good That's parents. Right. And right. and even and look, I am not on the side of big tech. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I am, do not mistake me at all. Right. I am not on the side of, you know, monetizing people's bodies and people's lives mm-hmm. and, and monetizing children and putting a dollar amount on the value of a teenager, mm-hmm. um, as Mark Zuckerberg evidently did based on the Senate hearing. Um, I'm not, I'm not on the side of that at all. And mm-hmm. so I think that that has to be mentioned. Um, but I will say this, I think that we have set some expectations um, with regard to big tech executives that I think those expectations are rightly placed on parents. Yeah, definitely. We can't not get away from the job of the parent is to parent. Mm-hmm. OK, so you have these uh, big tech companies and things like that. And yes, there should be some oversight. There should be some things that the government can do. But when you when, when you uh, the bottom line basically is that parent has, has a parent has to, to parent. And so the thing is, we cannot uh, outsource our uh, job to the to the government. Mm-hmm. Right. Because because the, the thing is, at home, you have the power to say not in our house. That's right. You're not going to be on this. You're not going to be on that. As a matter of fact, that device that you're using is my device. Yes. It's not yours. And so until we get into that point, we're going to continue to have these problems. Right. You can have all the hearings that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have all these different things going on and they make for great moments. And you will hear yeah, some of those moments. They do make for great moments. But at the same time, unless the parent's parent Nothing will change. No, you're absolutely right. So the executives that were on Capitol Hill on January 31st, so about a week ago, um, to the date of this podcast airing, uh, Zuckerberg, um, of course, the Metaverse Meta <laughs> Zuckerberg, uh, yeah. TikTok CEO Shu um, Z Chu, Discord CEO Jason Citron, Snap CEO Evan Spiegel, and ex CEO Linda Yaccarino, um, and they were all testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And the title of the the hearing was Big Tech and the Online Child Sexual Exploitation Crisis. Mm. So what's interesting to me is that they really did take into consideration the mental health of children, but that was not the actual aim of the hearing. So when you talk about the attack on children and how egregious it is that our kids would be monetized to the disregard of their personal safety, um, not only sexually speaking, but even their mental health, their emotional well-being, all of that comes into play. And we want to have a conversation around one of the um, probably biggest moments of the hearing, which is when you have Senator Josh Hawley um, hollying <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Um, there, Look, there are some senators that you really can be proud of that yeah. you can say, you know, um, I thank God that we have some people right. who uh, don't love money. And don't love a type of status that would cause them to compromise. Yeah. Um, Senator Cotton would be another one of those. Senator Marsha Blackburn would be another one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think it was Senator Cotton that I, as I was watching some parts of the hearing, I was really concerned for him as he was grilling um, TikTok CEO <laughs> and asking about his allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party. And are you afraid <laughs> to speak out? Are you afraid that when you go home that you're going to be like, you know, killed? And I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is just incredible. 
incredible. Um, but as you say, yeah. they make for some good moments. But the reality is we cannot substitute good laws for good parenting. That's right. The command to to train children, um, the, the expectation of uh, protection for children is something that is given to the parent. It's not given to the government. That's right. It's not even given to the church, right? It is something that is given to the parent. And I think we kid ourselves when we think that the first stop is what the government is able to do. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. Yeah, for the body of Christ, you know, our aim should be to be unstained by this world. Amen. And I'm, I'm thinking about Christian parents, mm -hmm. okay? So everybody else, you know, in the world, they may be giving these uh, their children these devices or, or letting them have access to these social media uh, sites and things yeah. like that. But we have to do something different in the body of Christ. We should be different and set apart. We should have, you know, the accountability at home based That's upon right. what we know, because the things that they're talking about at these hearings, this information has been out for a long time. That's right. You know, we've talked about the influences and the, and the, the things that happen on TikTok and things like that. So for me, it's like, man, when are we as Christians, are going, when, when are we going to say, okay, I get it. I need to do something and then do it. And, and I feel like for us, we have no excuse. We have no excuse because we have the information. We have no excuse because we have the word of God. And the word of God tells us that we need to uh, be the one that's accountable, one that our children are accountable to us, and that we need to guard them from these things because it means their destruction. It pains me uh, in these hearings just to know that some of these children have died committed suicide mm. and things like that because of, you know, their access to these these apps and these, you know, platforms. Man, when are we going to get it as parents? And I'm, I'm speaking mainly to the Christian parents, you know, like we have a job to do and we can't just allow this to continue, continue to happen because our children are influenced by this stuff just as much as, as the children of, in the world. No, you are 100 percent right. And I think we really do kid ourselves when we think that our kids are like just a special caliber of kids, yeah. that they have a different biological makeup or psychological makeup, that they are not going to be victims of right. this culture, that we can just kind of let them go. Um, but what I want to do is I want to look at some clips and just kind of have conversation around what what we saw, these were some of the most electrifying moments, if you will, uh, that came out of the Senate hearing. And um, I think probably one of the most popular was um, Mark Zuckerberg standing up to apologize. And that was really fueled <laughs> by uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. Yeah. Uh, before we get there, though, I just kind of want to, you know, Josh Hawley kind of sets the tone for how he's going to interact with Mark Zuckerberg, saying that in his opening statements, Mark Zuckerberg kind of alluded to that there was no connection between social media use and uh, the mental health crisis in this country, which is absurd because, as you'll hear in this clip, not only do we know there is a connection, but these companies, Meta in particular, um, they have conducted their own research to confirm that there are actually connections that we make between social media use and the mental health of children. Let's pick up with Josh Hawley as he's kind of gearing up to go in. 
Your opening statement that there's no link between mental health and social media use? Senator, what I said is I think it's important to look at the science. I know it's people widely talk about this as if that is something that's already been proven. And I think that the bulk of the scientific evidence does not support that. Well, really, let, let me just remind you of some of the science from your own company. Instagram studied the effect of your platform on teenagers. Let me just read you some quotes from the Wall Street Journal's report on this. Company researchers found that Instagram is harmful for a sizable percentage of teenagers, most notably teenage girls. Here's a quote from your own study. Quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. Here's another quote, teens blamed Instagram, this is your study, for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. That's your study. Senator, we try to under, understand the, uh, the feedback and, and how people feel about the services. We can improve Wait a minute, your, own, da your are... own study says that you make life worse for one in three teenage girls. You increase no, Senator, anxiety and depression. Says. That's what it says. And you're here testifying to us in public that there's no link. You've been doing this for years. For no, years, you've been coming in public and testifying under oath that there's absolutely no link. Your product is wonderful. The science is nascent, full speed ahead, while internally, you know full well your product is a disaster for teenagers. Okay, hmm. that is a lot, right? Yeah. But the reality is, as you said in the beginning, we already know this. We we already know and that there, it. and he knows it. Man, it, it's so crazy to me. What that makes it, it makes me feel like all kids need to be just off. That's because they they know this stuff is happening. Yeah, and they don't care. No, if you're willing to say, well, that's not what it says, and 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 you guys did the study and right. you know it, man, that infuriates me because I'm like, come on, man, like, okay, so. It makes me look at us as mm -hmm. parents. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like balls in in in, in your court now. Yeah. So what are we going to do? Yeah, with this so, information. And so you know I will saying? say this. And again, this is not to to set us as the standard. We are not the standard for parenting. Right. The word of God is the standard for parenting. It's the straight edge by which we measure our lives. Amen. I will tell you in light of that, our kids are not on TikTok. Our kids are not on Instagram. Our kids have uh, parent directed access to YouTube. And even that we pull back was YouTube at there? our discretion. Um, They're not considered a, a social media platform. YouTube was not there, but YouTube is considered. I consider YouTube I a social too. media platform. Um, and let me make sure I want to because I wrote down yeah. those who were in attendance. I don't think you got to be careful with there. them all. Yeah, it's a social media sharing yes. platform. It is it is something that people just have access to that they can determine the type of content that they put out. And maybe it's not as destructive as, say, Instagram or TikTok based on the studies that we have, but it is destructive. And so I want to say this. Um, it's the responsibility of parents. And one of the things I want to get to as we continue on in the discussion is the subtleties of the ways that YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and X and Discord and all of these platforms attack our kids. One of the things I was saying to our children um, just the other day was you have to watch for the subtleties of what social media does to you. And when I'm talking to them about social media, I'm talking mainly about YouTube. YouTube is it's like, you know, it's our television of today, mm. right? It's where they go for their entertainment. And for a lot of people, we know it's where they go for their information. And so one of the things that I was talking to our teenagers about is that Satan really does not want to be detected. 
right? So you may not have these depressive thoughts or the things that we are talking about are the big things that grab our attention, but maybe you're covetous. Maybe you're looking at what other people are doing and feeling like you should be doing that. Maybe you are feeling some <laughs> yeah. discontentment. And and it was really good to have that conversation because then you've got some of the kids to say, man, you know, I didn't realize the subtleties of that. And it's crazy because those same things happen in adults That's on right. Facebook. Yes. And, you know, you look at someone's life and you say, man, I wish, I wish, I wish. Why can't I? Why can't I? Yes. And so, you know, for the children who are a lot less developed, mm -hmm. man, it's even mag magnified. That's you, right. know, you know what I'm saying? And so, man, these things... Man, it would be interesting for studies, and I'm sure, I'm sure they've been done on adults in social media, and to see like some of the damage there. But back to the back to the point, we as parents, man, we have to be uh, uh, vigilant about this. We can't just let let this coast and say, well, you know, everybody has it. So if if I don't allow my kid to have it, then they're gonna feel ostracized, or they're gonna feel this yeah. or that. Man, who cares? Like you're there for their safety, and That's it's right. proven. That this stuff is destructive, you know, just let just, you know, on on its own. Yeah. The external pressure is something you just touched on. And I think we can continue to unpack that as we have a conversation around the content that came out of the Senate hearing. But I think if parents are honest, we are so pressured by the popularity push of our culture. And, and the reason for that is that we have been shaped by that expectation that in order for you to have um, a well-rounded life, you've got to be doing all of the things that people are doing. Um, I think if, if parents are honest with themselves, that we will say, oh man, that fear of missing out, that not wanting our kids to, to not be the popular ones, the ones who are celebrated, that's a temptation for all of us. But how do we resist that? By being steeped in the word of God. By Amen. being steeped in the word of God. Amen. And we'll go back to the Senate hearing. But here's the ultimate point that we're making. It doesn't matter how many Senate hearings you have from these social media companies or with these social media companies. It doesn't even matter if they get on board and start working with, you know, our lawmakers to make good laws to protect kids. That's not going to make good parents. You still have the responsibility to parent your child and not just say, well, they can't do it. So I won't allow them to do it. No. What about even if they could do it, you as the parent, you stand up and say, you will not do it. You have that authority. And that is a, a God given authority. And it is the right expectation of God that we would shepherd that well. Let's go back to the hearing. Senator, and yet you keep true. right on doing what you're doing. Right? That's not true. That's not true. Let me let me t let me show you some other but facts I, mean, I know you, that you're you familiar carry, with. I, well, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, I mean, not, that's a not, not a question. That's not a question. Those are facts, Mr. Zuckerberg. That's, that's not, not a question. That's, those aren't facts. Here, let me show you some more facts. Here are some here's some information from a whistleblower who came before the Senate, testified under oath in public. He worked for you, the senior executive. Here's what he showed he found when he studied your products. So, for example, this is girls between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. 37% of them reported that they had been exposed to nudity on the platform, unwanted, in the last seven days. 24% said that they had experienced unwanted sexual advances they'd been propositioned in the last seven days. 17% said they had encountered self-harm content pushed at them in the last seven days. Now, I know you're familiar with these stats because he sent you an email where he lined it all out. I mean, we've got a copy of it right here. Man, you got to have your research, right? My question <laughs> is, who did you fire for this? Hmm. Who got fired because of that? Senator, we study all of this because it's important and we want to improve our services. Well, you just told and me a second ago that you studied it, but you, that there was no linkage. 
Who Senator, did you fire? You, yeah, I said you mischaracterized. 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all Who these did you fire? <laughs> Automatic answer. Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... <laughs> Who did you fire? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't is, fire anybody, right? You didn't take Senator, any significant I, I action. It's appropriate to talk about... It, it, like it's not appropriate. Decisions Do you know who's like sitting that? behind you? You've got families from across the nation whose children are either severely harmed or gone, and you don't think it's appropriate to take a, talk about steps that you took? The fact that you didn't fire a I, single person? To, let me I'm ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you compensated any of the victims? Sorry? Have you compensated any of the victims? I, These I, girls, I, have you compensated them? I don't believe so. You, why not? Don't you think they deserve some compensation for what your platform has done? Help Senator, with counseling services? Help with dealing with the issues that your your services caused? Our, our job is to make sure that we build tools to help Automatic keep people safe. Are you going to compensate platform. them? Senator, our job and what we take seriously is making sure that we build industry-leading tools Automatic to find answer. harmful mm -hmm. to make money, take it off the services, uh, to make money, and to build tools that empower parents. So you didn't take any people. action. You didn't that's take any true, action. Senator. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated a single not, victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? I, Would I, you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? I, 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 I'm sorry for everything that you have all gone through. It's terrible. No one should have to go through the things that your families have, have suffered. And this is why we invest so much and are going to continue doing industry-leading efforts to, uh, to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have had to suffer. So he stands up and he turns around and he addresses um, the parents who are there, some of them holding up pictures of their lost children, Man, their their deceased so children. Um, but can I say, and I look with respect for the parents and what they have suffered and with appreciation for the grilling that came from Josh Hawley. Can I just ask the question like, OK, so what did parents get rid of as a result of that? That's my question. Like, even as Mark Zuckerberg stands up, and again, I am not on the side. You're not going to find me an advocate of big tech. You are not going to find that. But my question is this. What did parents do? What did parents do as a result of the trauma that they suffered because their kids were allowed unfettered access to these social media platforms? And my question is, what devices did they get rid of? And and as the parents are fumbling to answer the question, well, they need one. My question is, so then what sites did you limit? My question is, so then did you ensure that your younger children are not coming up after them? Because one of the things that we know, even from Meta's own research, man, they put they put a price tag on teenagers, like $270. They put a price tag on what is the lifetime value of one teenager, $270. You multiply that times the tens of millions of people that are using the social media platforms that fall under Meta's uh, canopy. Mm -hmm. Right. So they put a price tag on teenagers. And then they have also said that they've got built in influencers because now what they're looking at 
And I want you to think about this, parents. Now what they're looking at is they're saying, okay, well, the older teens, we've kind of like wrung them out. We've sucked all of what we can get out of them as far as like monetizing their life. And so now what we want is we want those older teens to be social media influencers in their own homes affecting the younger teens. This is this is <laughs> wow. a wicked, sinister strategy. Yeah. But again, here is my question. Mm-hmm. We we can all love what Senator Josh Hawley just did. We can love that he, you know, held Mark Zuckerberg's feet to the fire, made him stand up, humiliated him. Yes, you apologize to these parents. But my question is, did the what did the parents do? That's my question. My question is, OK, so now Zuckerberg has apologized. How many parents are going to continue scrolling? How many how many parents are going to continue to allow their teenage girls to have access to it, believing that, well, my kid is stronger or she wants it, you know? So, yes, we want to. Yes, we want responsible executives. Mm. And yes, we we expect that there would be good laws put in place to protect our children. But good laws will not make good parents. And so even though you can look at what's happening with Zuckerberg and like, oh, yeah, you really got him. You, you know, big tech, make him stand up and apologize. Who do the parents need to apologize to? Who are the parents responsible to? What's the mandate that we have from scripture? Until we are willing to address that, then this is just a stage play. Hmm. This is just something that you round of applause, take yeah. a bow. You know, and and look, I believe that what Senator Josh Hawley is doing here, I believe it's sincere. I believe he's angry. I think he sees that there is just the greed that is coming from big tech. But can I can I say this? The greed could stop at the threshold of good sound parenting doors. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it will stop. And parents decide, okay, we're taking a stand. And I, I, I have an idea about something, you know, and, but I'll, we'll talk about it later. But if parents, I think one thing we need to understand, even looking at what happened like in places like Loudoun County. Yes. You know, and other places in, exactly in, in right. America, when parents say enough. That's it. Oh, man. Yep. <laughs> Ears are open. Things are changing. Man, people, they, they, they're shaking in their boots. Mm-hmm. When parents say enough. That is such a great point. I think what we often kid ourselves in, if I could just piggyback on yeah. what you're saying, I think we often kid ourselves in thinking in the example of Loudoun County. So when we show up at the school board meetings, you know, and then we want policy in place, we think that we don't have to parent. So if we can just get policy in place, then we can go on autopilot and we don't even have to parent because Mm. now someone else is undertaking to do that. That is exactly what you see represented in these Senate hearings. I think so many parents are being irresponsible and saying, you know what, if we can get good laws in place, then what? What? You don't have to parent. Mm. You still have to parent. And 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 what we ought to know is that just because you have a law in place, it does not automatically mean that it is a good law. Hello, Mm. Roe. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what does this mean for parents? It means that even if we start to um, regulate how social media is used by kids, that does not mean that there should automatically be access to the social media for the kids. Still have to parent. You still have to parent. All right. Let's go back to the Senate hearing. You know, why, Mr. Zuckerberg, why should your company not be sued for this? Why is it that you can claim you hide behind a liability shield? You can't be held accountable. Shouldn't you be held accountable personally? Will you take personal responsibility? Senator, I, I think I've already answered this. I mean, this is these we'll are serious issues. Again. Will you take personal responsibility? Senator, I view my job and the job of our company as building the best tools that we can Automatic. to keep our mm-hmm. community safe. Well, you're failing at that. To, 
Well, Senator, we're doing an industry-leading effort. We build AI oh, tools nonsense. that... Oh, your product medic. is killing people. Will you personally commit to compensating the victims? You're a billionaire. Will you commit to compensating the victims? Will you set up a compensation fund Senator, with your money? Senator, I think these are... These are with your money. Senator, these are complicated yes, that, No, that, that's not a complicated I, I, question, though. That's Senator, a yes or no. Will you set up a victim's compensation fund with your money, the money you made on these families sitting behind you? Yes or no? Senator, I don't think that that's uh, my job is to sounds make sure like that we a no. good tools. Oh, my, my sounds job like is a no. To make sure that we... Your job is to be responsible for what your company has done. You've made billions of dollars on the people sitting behind them. Are you here? You've done nothing to help them. You've done nothing to compensate them. You've done nothing to put it right. You could do so here today, and you should. You should, Mr. Zuckerberg. Okay, so the question <laughs> is again, again, and I think we have made this point, but I want to drive it home. Will the parents take personal responsibility? No, it don't have to because Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg said that they're creating um, tools. Industry leading. Yeah, industry leading tools to help to make sure. So parents, you're safe. That's it's all the, right. That's the, don't that's worry the key about it. phrase there. We are creating industry leading tools. tools. Industry leading tools. Industry leading tools. tools. Every time you heard him say that, you know <laughs> that that is what has been rehearsed. That is what has been told to him that he ought to say uh, as he comes before the Senate Judiciary Committee. But look, let me, let me just say this. Again, I am not on the side of big tech, but I got to tell you, good laws are not going to make good parents. Even <laughs> if Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Yaccarino and Mr. Chu uh, were to, and I think I'm getting his name right. That's the TikTok CEO, mm -hmm. Mr. Chu. Uh, if they were all to come to the table with some of our senators, some of our most respected senators, and and sit down and say, here's how we're going to police ourselves. Number one, they're not going to do that because this is all about making money off mm. of their platforms. Right. And the platform is the people like can we remember that like so this is about making money off their platforms but the platform is the people it is the people so essentially making money off the people is the business that they're in so they are not going to police themselves but let's just say just for the sake of this argument, let's just say they were willing to police themselves. Let's just say that they were willing to work with lawmakers to make laws to protect children. Does that mean that we then are free from our responsibility to parent? No, we have to parent. We have been commanded and mandated by God to parent. We are commanded, even uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So the training of our children is our job. Yes. And so if we're on you know, cruise control and just letting them do whatever they want to do because they want to, because of the pressures of society, everybody's doing it. Man, we're, doing, we're not doing our job that God has given us to train up our children. And part of that training is to not let them have whatever they want, yeah. whenever they want it. You know, there are some boundaries that are put in place by parents. That's Parents have to parent. And when we don't do that, then we have what we have at, uh, that's talked about in these uh, Senate hearings, you know, where, man, some some kids have died, mm -hmm. you know, committed suicide and things like that because of, you know, the influence of, of, of some of these platforms. And so we have to train our children in a way that sh they should go. And again, speaking to the Christian parents, we have no excuse. We have what um, has been studied. We have mm -hmm. all these numbers. We all of that. So now 
what are we going to do? Let me say this before we wrap up this podcast episode, because there's some in- interesting information that I, I feel like came out of the Senate hearing. Parents have been lying to themselves and lying to their friends and lying publicly when they say that they are actively policing what kids are doing on these social media sites. It's, it's frankly a lie, because one of the questions that was asked of each of these executives was, what's the number of teenagers using your site and what percentage of those teenagers who are using the site have actively engaged the parental features? What is the per- the percentage of parents who are using the parental protections that you have on your site? So what these executives hmm. do is they boast of having parental protection and they boast of having these, you know, um, mitigating factors in place or this the technology mm-hmm. to be able to police children and, and allow parents, I guess, to police children. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that one, parents are not even taking advantage of that. And two, parents don't even know that they could take advantage of that mm. and so as they went around um, with the with the question how many minors are using your platform and how many parents or guardians are aware of the protection services that you offer and are taking advantage of that of all of the people who were represented there discord meta snapchat um, and x only snapchat had numbers the rest of them said we'll have to get back to you on that We'll have to get back to you on that data. We'll have to get back to you on that data. But just if it gives you any indication of the derelict of parental duty, Snapchat's numbers may give you a little bit of that. So in Snapchat, um, the U- in the U.S., there's 20 million underage or teenage users, 20 million users, 200,000 parents are using the parental protection controls. You got 20 million users 200,000 parents are using the parent protection controls and 400,000 teens link their accounts to their parents so that the parents can see what they're doing. 20 million users, 20 million users, and not even 1 million, not even 1 million parents using the parental controls. And when I talk about 20 million users, I'm talking about the teenagers, right, who are using Snapchat. You've got Hmm. 400,000 teens that have linked their accounts. So if that is um, an indication of the way that parents have checked out, I I mean, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And the thing is, look, you say what you want. I believe that these companies put these parental controls there just to kind of save face. I don't think they actually want the parents to know that they're there, but they can say we have them. We have them. And it's really on the parents. Yeah. You, you, you know, if they're not using them or oh, well, like we, we have them. That's right. But they will not make it known. Like I never saw advertising anything no. on anything about parental control. I, I haven't seen. Right. You know, it seems like that should be something that that it should be a campaign. Yes. Like where yes. You, you've got social media campaigns on sexual confusion. You've got social media campaigns on increasing the animosity between uh, cultures and ethnic groups. You've got all kind of pushes that come from your social media platforms that dehumanize people intensify aggression toward mm-hmm. one another you you love that you traffic in that right. why don't you have a social media campaign that makes parents aware right. of the fact that they should protect their children because you don't want them to I don't really care because you, you want care. the emotionalism of the children yeah yeah. You want the you want the unfettered access to the children. Yeah. So here is my bottom line and and I appreciate what came out of the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. I appreciate that they grilled these um tech executives. I appreciate that it was bipartisan. I appreciate mm-hmm. that both Democrats and Republicans have a problem with what is happening to our children. I really do appreciate that. But if we stop at a Senate hearing, 
If we stop at, you know, just being able to to, to yell across, <laughs> yell around a table at these executives about how wealthy they are and how they should personally compensate the families. OK, yeah, again, that's pretty entertaining. But if the parents don't do something, if the parents to say it simply, if the parents don't parent, then they're not good parents. Mm. So good laws cannot make good parents. Our culture tells us our culture tells us that if it's law, then it's good. And if it's law, then I don't have to worry about it. Right. That's that is that's so that's what we push for, because we find our salvation in the making of good laws. But but can I say this? Can I say this? Even the best laws, even the the most well-written laws are not going to replace the God given responsibility that we have as parents to parent our children for the glory of God. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Uh, they would not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. How we manage these arrows count. How we shoot them out. Like this is all part of parenting. Mm-hmm. And so if we are neglecting that portion that is social media and just letting them have it and they can do it because everybody's doing it you know we're we're not navigating and we're not doing this correctly as far as being able to shoot them out uh the right way because they're they're going to be out there they're going to be consumed by this culture yes. and so as parents this is our job and we have to uh be vigilant in our jobs when we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth we remain culture proof until next time lord willing god bless